John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hey, it's me, Edward Allen Peterson. Oh, hi, Ed. It's me, John Kiltica. John, it's High Game Podcast. It is the High Game Podcast. John, we talk about guitars. Most times, yeah. John? Yeah? We record in beautiful West Seattle, Washington. We do, and it's sunny out today. Yeah, we're heading into fall. Yep. We like to talk about the weather, and then someone listens to this, you know, a year and a half, whatever. Well, maybe you're living at the equator listening to this. Sure. What do you care? It's sunny where you are. Sure. Global reach. A non-zero amount of people that are not in beautiful West Seattle listen. We should shout some out. Good day, Australia. Right. Speaking of our friends in Australia. Yes. In lovely Darwin, Australia. Oh. There's a moon symbol, which makes me think it's the middle of the night over there. But it is a lovely 76 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. Oh. Good day. Perth, 43, cloudy. There is some variance there. Yeah. Australia is kind of a big island, right? It's a continent, right? Yeah, yeah. It's surrounded by water. So even though it's a continent, is it also an island? Or is it so big and surrounded by water that it's no longer an island? Surrounded on all sides by water. I think that's definitional, don't you? I, I believe so. An island is a mass of land that is both entirely surrounded by water right. and also and also smaller than a continent. Oh. By that definition, Australia can't be an island because it is already a continent. Wow. So I'm sorry for calling you an island, Australia. I apologize. Yeah, we're that, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Put that in the L column. We got to maybe cancel that geography podcast. <laughs> Yeah. What do I have here today, Ed? It looks like a Chicago boy. If I had to take a guess, I would say it's an oldie-time Chicago boy. You wouldn't be far off the mark. Okay. This is a Stuart Orophonic 
guitar. Oh my God. The headstock is very worn. Stewart being the brand, Orophonic being the model. Man, I totally thought it was a Harmony. But no, it's a what? It's a Stewart? Stewart. Okay. Beverages. Yes, beverages, Ed. That was my, uh, you know, interpretive dance. <laughs> yeah. I felt like at one point you kind of hit what I would say was maybe a sour note, maybe a little off. Uh-huh. But instead of recovering, you let it ring, which gave it a much more intentional feel. Maybe the first time I did it, I was like, ooh, that's weird. Yeah. And then the next time I was like, yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. What are you drinking, Ed? Oh, the Crow Mug is back. I don't know where it was, but it's back. We need to make plans, Ed. Uh Uh-huh. I noticed something upon closer inspection. Okay. If you look at the lip of the Crow Mug by the handle, yeah, is it my eyes or is a crack forming? Oh, at the very least, there's a chip in it for sure. We need to figure out what to do if that thing gives way. Oh, my God. And we are without a Crow Mug. Ooh. That would be a travesty. Yeah. I've also got an Atomo beanless coffee. I don't know what that means. Tastes great, does good is their motto. I thought you were going to say tastes great, does nothing. Beanless coffee. What does that mean? It's got a whale for their logo, a whale picture. Upcycled ingredients. What does that mean? Is it going to tell you what the non-coffee ingredient is? Apparently not. It's a secret? Oh. What? Ingredients, water, date seed extract, chicory root extract, grape extract, and 84 milligrams of caffeine. Is that a lot? I looked it up. 200 is cool. Mine's 84. What do you got? 80. Yeah, so I think we're drinking about the same. Yeah, this is a Vida Mate blackberry lemonade. Uh Uh-huh. I also have coffee, of course. Mm-hmm. I believe you're going to like this story, Ed, because it starts way back in 1855. In Chicago? No, Philadelphia. Geographically, since this is like our side podcast of geography. Yes. 320 miles apart. Sure. Philadelphia and Chicago. Samuel Swaim Stewart. Swaim? Swaim. Swaim. Samuel Swaim Stewart is born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. I was way off on those miles, John. 320 was my guess. Yeah. 759. Uh, Swaim. Mm Mm-hmm. We lost him in 1899. Still kind of hurts. How'd we lose him? Dropsy. I don't know. Okay. His parents actually encouraged music. So he grew up learning music, playing music, experimenting with music. He's learning music right around Civil War time. Yeah. In Philly. Yeah. Okay. 
by 1878, mm-hmm. he had become especially enamored mm-hmm. of the banjo. And he starts building them under his name. Swain. S.S. Stewart. Oh, okay. As well as under the name Acme for Sears. Was that just a catch-all name? It must have been a house brand for Sears. Yeah. I can't say if they were like Acme shoes. Yeah, but there were Acme instruments built by people that were not named Swaim Stewart. There's got to be. Maybe I just have that Roadrunner thing going through my brain. Oh, they're building buckets of dynamite. Super genius. Yeah. He even invented Mm -hmm. what he called the banjorine. Imagine like a ukulele-sized banjo. That might be cool. And the name fits the thing. I don't know that I love the name. I fear my accent is getting in the way. It's more in the French. Mm-hmm. Banjorine. Sure. Smaller. And that was kind of popular. He was just about getting ready to enjoy the success of that when he died. <laughs> By the time he died, he had made about 25,000 banjos. Okay. His son Fred takes over. And they kept making banjos until 1910. I feel like we have a non-zero history of companies where son takes over from father and son is named Fred. Is that true? Gretch. God, look at this guy. Yeah. Old man Gretch, was he a Fred? Friedrich. Friedrich, and then there's like Fred, and then Fred Jr., and Fred the Ninth, and shit like that, right? Yeah. Okay. And then in 1910, they sell it Mm. to a company called Kinophone. They buy the Stewart brand name. When's this? 1910. Okay. That didn't last long because they sold the name again to Bugleson and Jacobson. (laughs) Old (laughs) B&J. It's a music company, I assume. I imagine Bugleson is actually like dude's name and not related to bugle as in the horn. Right. You know, that whole company getting bought and names changing and shit. Yeah. The uh, 1999 Plymouth Neon that's sitting in my backyard. Yes. At some point, Ed Peterson has been clumsy with the paperwork, and I cannot find the title. I just got a replacement title two days ago. Uh Uh-huh. One of the reasons it was so difficult to get the title. Right. It's literally 11 companies until I got to who currently owns the title. I just needed them to sign off and say, this car was paid for 18 years ago, 11 companies. Very common. Maddening. Yeah. So B&J owns the brand name now. Bugleson. Yeah, Bugleson and Jacobson. Yeah. 1915. They are based in New York City. New York City. They buy not only the Stewart brand name, but Mm -hmm. the SS Stewart brand name. Sure. And they start hiring outside companies to make instruments under that name. S.S. Stewart. And Stewart. Okay. They made a lot of instruments or had a lot of instruments made. At some point in that history, from the 20s into the 30s into the 40s, Gibson made Stewarts. Oh, no kidding. Martin made Stewarts. Huh. And so did Harmony and Kay. Is this a Harmony Stewart? It is not. Oh, is this a... Wait. The plot is so gonna thicken. Oh, my God. You've rattled off four companies. Gibson, Martin, K, and Harmony. And we know it's not Harmony. Right. There's some bangers up there. Yeah. I predict you're going to love this. 
around the corner from New York City, there is Jersey City. Sure, you yeah. love it up there. Yeah, it's great. What exit is that? You take 99 up there? You take 105? You take the 42? What do you take? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Jersey City had been the longtime home of Oscar Schmidt, massive string instrument manufacturer, one of the biggest in the country at that point. Mm-hmm. 20s, 30s. 20s, 30s, and before. Mm-hmm. By 29, talk about a catastrophe. Oh, no. Oscar Schmidt himself. Yeah. He goes on a buying trip to Czechoslovakia. Mm. I guess he's looking for wood or looking for craftsmen. Who knows? He goes to Czechoslovakia. Yeah. <gasps> and dies suddenly. Was it bullet related? We do not know what it was related to. Okay. I don't suppose that would have mattered much because mm. a mere week after he dies... Oh, no. The stock market crashes. <laughs> well, for him, the timing's probably great. You know, it's never a good time to go. At least he didn't have to suffer through the stock market and then die. True. Real half-full episode over here. Yeah. Lemons to lemonade. So the company's screwed. Oh, yeah. As it happens, most of the workers there had been, or were, Italian immigrants with deep experience in Luthery. Mm -hmm. The Italians, they know how to make instruments. I love it. But a lot of them ended up out of work. And Oscar Schmidt, the company, kind of reorged, shrunk, and kept just zithers and auto harps. Gave up guitars. Mm. They couldn't afford to do it anymore. Oscar is the only thing holding this company together. Yeah, now he's gone. You know, you don't plan for a succession path. Chaos you got a real Roman Roy situation over here. You know what I'm saying? Yes. With that okay. stage set. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Philadelphia, New York City, Jersey City. Oscar Schmidt has kind of flamed out. What's going to happen? Stewart's dead, too. We lost Stewart way back in the 1800s. That guy's toast enter ed yeah the coolest name for a guitar company oh the united guitar corporation <laughs> sure i don't know yeah. what their logo looked like but i want a t-shirt there's got to be a fist in it somewhere yeah they form and incorporate in 1939 i'm thinking those italian guys they should have revolted they should have gone all pre-partisan when oscar starts falling apart the business starts going uh-huh they need to get a strong union in there. They need to just take care of business. They do better than that. Oh. A group of them get together. The Italians. And form the United Guitar Corporation. Oh, no shit. In Wait, Jersey really? City. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's see. Let me run it down for you. Here. Oh, lay some Italian names on me, please. You got Frank Colonisi. Ah. Uh. Oh, no. Yeah. You got Canio Pinto. <laughs> Guys. He was a vice president. Frank oh. was the president. Okay. You got Leonard Russo. He's uh, a secretary. It's that scene in Goodfellas when he's walking through and we got Jimmy two times because he says everything two times. Keep going. You got Frank Mazziello. <laughs> Giorgio Montecalvo. Oh my God. And you got Frank Forcillo. And we lost all these dudes. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That last guy, Frank Forcillo? Yeah. He comes in to the United Guitar Corporation after being let go mm. 
by another maker who had downsized. Okay. That maker was John D'Angelico. Oh, no kidding. Jazz box guy. Yeah. So there's some history there. That guy knew his shit. Yeah, so Frank Forcillo had also made guitars under his own name. Yeah. You got some hitters in here. And all these guys yeah. are company officers and builders. So this is a truly owner-operated business. What year are we talking about? 39. United Guitar Corporation. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. they ramp up. They're building primarily jazz boxes. And then they have kind of like a coming out announcement. Back then in the music trades, yeah, you could just pay to have them say whatever you wanted them to say. As opposed to, I'm going to send you a guitar to review. It's more like, <laughs> I'm going to send you a review of my guitar. Oh. How much for you to print it? Huh. Pay to play. Yeah, yeah. What records is the DJ playing? Whatever ones you pay him to play. Right. So, quotes. Some of the most modern technology in the business and a core of workers who learned the business in various leading guitar manufacturers' plants. That just sounds like PR. That's not so bad. A rather unique organization owned and operated by men who are each experts in guitar craftsmanship. All of them served apprenticeship in their native Italy. I'm fine with these quotes. Yeah. Their sales manager that they hired wrote those quotes. Okay. His name was George Mann. Clearly not part of the main crew, right? No. He'd been a sales guy at Epiphone. Mm. And then when the Epiphone guys went on strike, yeah. George Mann was out. There was some strife with him in Epiphone anyway. So then he approached United, and they hired him as a sales guy. So far, I'm cool with all his quotes. These are just PR things, you would say. I don't think the Italians were real happy with George. Mm. So he left and went on to partner with Alfred Drange. Rhymes with orange. Yeah, in the creation of Guild. Yep. But that only lasted less than a year. Okay. Before he was out and Alfred went on without him. Was he just tough to work with? I like to think it's all the other people. Maybe. But the Italians? Nah. Nah. Those guys are good. Time for a palate cleanser. Who wants to grab coffee? Hotwire Coffee is locally owned and community operated and has called West Seattle home since 2002. They serve Seven Roasters coffee beans, B. Fuller's mortar and pestle teas, even burritos from El Bujo. Bring a dog and relax on the covered patio. It doesn't even have to be your dog. It could be a borrowed dog. Use the code HIGHGAIN and get 20% off any sized espresso beverage. Back to the show. You want to hear this thing? Sure. It's got two Franz pickups. Franz. Made in Queens, New York. Used on a lot of early guilds. The pole bangers have an interesting thing in that generally the ones closest to the bridge would be exposed and the ones closest to the neck would be exposed. Yeah, yeah. These are on both this, facing the same way. Both on the bridge side. <laughs> So let's see. If I go as bassy as I can. A little hipster music. Sure. Bridgy. Mm. Yeah. Go a little farther up the neck. And then back into the middle. It's pretty well balanced. I wouldn't say these pickups are particularly hot. 
it sounds like it's pushing. Yeah. Life is better with fuzz. Is it not? It is. There's a pick guard on here. Trapeze, tailpiece. Yep. Floating bridge. Binding front and back, top and bottom. Yep. No binding on the neck. Dot it's inlays. It's pretty plain. It's not a harmony. It's not a K. It's not a Martin and it's not a Gibson. Right. It is a United. Well, made by United for those, Stewart, owned by B&J. Those UGC boys, the big five. Yeah. You think they had their hands on this thing? For sure. For sure. Yes. Those guys personally touched, put some work into this guitar. Yes. Okay. Frank Forcillo was the builder and the designer. In fact, Ed. Yeah. His old boss, John D'Angelico. Yeah. With the hand-carved tops Mm -hmm. and then the floating pickups. One thing that D'Angelico wasn't real into. Mm Mm-hmm was carving a nice top, making it sound perfect, and then drilling a couple of holes in it to put pickups in it. Mm-hmm. So if a customer should order such a thing from D'Angelico, he would call up his buddy, Frank Forcillo, over at United. Mm-hmm. Can you send me a body that's got routes for two? And they'd send D'Angelico a body. He'd put a neck on it, and there you go. No kidding. Yeah. Man. Frank is a great designer and builder. D'Angelico trusts anybody frank sure makes. yeah given that yep 1955 you're gonna buy this stewart orophonic yeah you don't know anything about united guitar corporation they're the anonymous guys behind the screen who right. made it right i gotta think this is middle to lower tier maybe more than a harmony would have been but then maybe not anywhere near like gibson price I think this thing was like $84.32. Final answer. Final answer. Yeah. This was $250. It's like $2,900. Huh. I think B&G, we're trying to position Stewart as a big boy guitar. Yeah. If not top of the line. Okay. Nobody was going to forego that Gibson for a Stewart. Maybe that's why I've never seen or heard of them before. Yeah. This is the first one we've come across, right? It is. Okay. Medium to bigger style, kind of baseball batty, real round head uh, neck. Yeah. And worn. This guitar generally is beat. Someone put miles on this thing. It's got that patina that's kind of cool, I think. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, by the time the 60s come around, the world of the jobber is a lot different. The idea that you can be an American company making house brands for a variety of Yeah, that companies. just sort of dies, right? Yeah, the encroachment of European models like Hagstrom, like Vox, like Echo, and the Japanese stuff like Tysco takes a big bite out of all those companies. Mm-hmm. Harmony, K, and the United Guitar Corporation is no exception. Mm-hmm. So they go under. What year is this? This is late 60s. They probably didn't make it very far into the 70s, if at all. Okay. But it was a bad time generally, too. 
the part of Jersey City that they were in mm-hmm. resided at the confluence of a lot of rail lines, a lot of port traffic, yeah, as well as industrial and light industrial stuff. And that all kind of tanked. Okay. So that whole area went under and became abandoned and decrepit over the years. Eventually, it will be turned into Liberty State Park. I bet it's lovely. Yeah, right across from Ellis Island. Before it was turned into a park, in 1971, a Godfather scene took place there. When it was more industrial. Yeah, when it was still factories. I imagine in that decrepit phase, late 60s into mid-70s, I bet a lot of really bad stuff went down. You know the scene in The Godfather where Clemenza and Lamponi go and they kill a guy? The cannoli. Yeah, leave the gun, take the cannoli. That was that section of Jersey City. These guys. That's what I mean. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Is it hello or goodbye? Goodbye or goodbye? It was the 50s, Ed. Yeah. It was New Jersey. Mm -hmm. The Italians were making some fine guitars. I love that. The Stuart Orophonic, Mm -hmm. sold by Mm B&G, manufactured by the United Guitar Corporation. Yeah. Buy or deny. I have zero idea how much money this guitar is. I'm a buy thinking I could get a Harmony or a K for a comparable price. Uh I have a feeling this one maybe is not that, but since I don't know, I'm just going to say buy. You know what I mean? Yeah, we kind of like the stories behind these. Oh, yeah. I'm a buy. I have one caveat. Yeah. This plays really well and the action's nice and low, Mm -hmm. but it appears as though the bridge is about as low as it'll go. Mm -hmm. So at some point, this particular example will probably need a neck reset, but you know, that doesn't have to be a problem at all. Yeah, great. Well, I'm going to take pictures of this one like I do, Ed. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm going to put them up in the places. Okay. Mostly Instagram. Sure. Viewers should also feel free to visit us over there on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We are The High Game. Patreon.com slash The High Game. Yeah. Okay. And remember, mm-hmm. we are dedicated members of the Ruinous Media Network of music-related podcasts. Ed. Dedicated? Dedicated. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>